Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey, everybody. David here, and welcome to the ASOG podcast. In this episode, we pick back up where we left off in our conversation on diagnostic testing fees with Bill Nalu, Dutch Silverstein, and Matt Skundrich. But before we get to the fireworks, and yeah, there were fireworks, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel so you never miss an upload. And now, part two of our discussion, where we start off with Matt Skundrich objecting to what Bill Nalu just said. Here we go. to have that conversation because they don't think they're ever going to pay for it but in reality they're paying for it i mean it's no different than me going oh yeah you know the dealers are rip off or the dealers a hundred dollars an hour don't worry you're never going to pay that here you're only going to pay 25 however what i'm not telling you is that i'm just going to charge you four times the normal labor amount to make the same thing as the dealer down the road there's what's what's the difference i mean you're not having that conversation because you've swept it so far under the rug there is no conversation to have. So, so okay. So this is this is the this is the this is the most important thing that we could be talking about right now. So, Matt, why why sh- should it be not swept under the rug? It's a completely Here's meaningless why. conversation. And let me let me tell you why it shouldn't be. Because there comes a point, and and I don't care how good your shop is, there comes a point where you get a car that you're going. Hey, I'm not real sure. I'm not a hundred percent on this. Let me call somebody or. Let me tell you about this mobile guy down the street who's mobile. He can come to you. He's got an OEM tool I don't have that might be able to diagnose this car, right? Every shop has a car you can't fix. I'm mobile. There's cars I don't fix every day. Here's the problem now that you have now instilled in this customer. I should never pay for diagnostics. So now that jerk customer calls me and says, hey, Bill just recommended me to you. And I say, yep, I can come look at your car. It's going to be 200 bucks an hour for me to come diagnose your car. All yeah. of a sudden, I have this irate, 
pissed off customer because they have never once paid for a Diag because you sweep it under the rug and yeah. refuse to have that conversation. But I'm not going to give any money on the part. So I have to charge for Diag. And now I waste 25 minutes of my life having this conversation about, no, Bill probably charges you. He just sweeps it under the rug and you don't understand how this works. Da 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 da. And I just blow everything out under the water and I'm annoyed and pissed off. And I just tell the lady, look, I'm not your person. Have a great day. And I walk away from the job because I've done wasted so much time on the phone trying to explain why I'm charging $200 that it doesn't even justify now going to the job unless I'm going to charge 300 because I've just wasted an hour because somebody had to sweep this under the rug all the time. I, so, I think the person calling in, though, and asking, hey, this part got diagnosed at the dealership. Will you put this in for me? I, I mean, I'm going to stop and go, well, why are you not doing it with the dealer? Well, they're too expensive. Yeah. Well, well, hold on now. Why do you think I'm going to be cheaper than the dealership? And I, I, and here's, I have this conversation with the customers all the time and here's what I explained to them. That dealership was charging you to slap in part a, and that's it. We look at the entire system. We look at the fact that the car has 150,000 miles and there's probably more to that repair than what the dealership is quoting you. So it is very likely that you're going to come in here. I'm going to look at that system and say they should have also quoted you part B and C and D because that's going to ensure that part A actually functions properly for as long as I'm warranted, which is three times what the dealership is going to warranty that repair for. Yeah, so but, I don't know that I'm necessarily. But we're changing the you. conversation now. Now we're talking about repairs. Well, yeah. I'm strictly talking about diagnosis. To sweep it under the rug and say, "Oh, well, I threw it in with the repair." Well, no, you you didn't throw it in with re repair. You added an hour of labor to make up for the hour you took off. You well, you I just paid it. Well, but yeah, if, but it, uh, let me ask you this, Bill: Are you telling the customer? Hey, in the process of doing this repair, we have to confirm because I own this repair. We have to yeah. confirm that the part is actually faulty. Yeah. So the, part of this repair is confirming that the that the diagnosis was correct. The, the, this is the funny thing about it, and and, and a the reason I can't answer it directly because is because it is such a and I say this respectfully, it is such a silly exercise to 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 think that. The 1% of those customers who are going to say, well, yeah, but we've got a Diag. Well, first of all, most customers aren't going to be dealing with it. This is not a conversation that you're going to have with 99.9% .9 of the customers. I have this In, conversation 30 so times a week. <laughs> I understand it. But, but the reason that you might be having that is because the people that are actually – that are actually uh, presenting it the way they are, are are breaking down diagnostics and and labor, and then and the ticket itself isn't job costed. So right, what because in is, our state we can't have a job costed ticket. It well, must be every yeah. item must be listed, every part must be listed. It must be listed if it's new. You must have your part number on it. Yeah. That's part of our Florida vehicle repair laws. Yeah. So so do I mean we have the same thing here in Michigan. What's different about it is. This is a conversation that is, it's such a simple thing to get past. And yet we're spending, and it's okay, by the way, it's okay that we're spending this kind of time on it. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that this is a conversation that doesn't need to be as complicated as it is. When, when, when the job itself, so one of the things that you run into that when it gets tricky is customer brings in the vehicle, they say they've got a brake squeak coming in, right? So we charge them the hour for the diet, for example, right? So we got the wheels pulled off the car. We happen to find that there's a coolant leak. It needs a water pump. Now, now we find 
let's say the 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 squeaking is something you know they've got thirty percent left on the brake. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now, and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over thirty five shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. As they still have some time, they can't afford to spend uh, the the $450 on the brakes uh, any more than they can spend the, spend the $500 on the, on the water pump. There's a $950 difference. They've got to choose one or the other. So now the question is, can I apply the hour labor that you guys spent looking at my brakes and apply it toward this water pump? Is that a question that you're asking essentially? Is, is that a fair way to describe that? No. No, not then at how all. would you describe it? How would you describe Here, it? Here's what I'm saying. Customer comes in for a diagnosis. I don't care what it is, right? On that ticket, there should be a line item that says diagnostics, inspection, blah, 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 one hour, $200. Yeah. I'm just saying $200 labor rate because it seems to be the going rate recently. If for whatever reason, I don't care if that customer comes in for a water pump and you end up selling brakes. If that item disappears and it's no longer on the ticket, here's what happens. At some point, I get the phone call and the customer says, look – I, I just don't understand why you're charging for diagnostics. Here's what they've got ingrained in their head. I've read over every bill I've had from Bill for the last 30 years. Never once has there been a diagnostics and inspection or a testing fee because it's rolled into the repair. Now I have to sit here and explain to them for 20 minutes about what diagnostics is, how he rolls it into the repair that shouldn't have to happen. Like, why are we so scared to put a line item on a ticket that says diagnostics and inspection? Is that that so freaking dangerous? I mean, I I, I don't understand. If your business is that great and you're that great of a salesperson, boom, bang, done. Diagnostics and testing. Diagnostics, testing, and inspection. Done. It should be on every ticket. Yeah, man, because the problem is it's it's a wedge conversation at the counter, and I don't want to have that conversation. I don't need to have that conversation. It's a meaningless conversation over the phone. I understand you're saying it's meaningless, but for the rest of the industry – it's, it's not, not meaningless. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and you don't have to have it on the counter. You can just job cost it in there. And then when the customer gets the bill, then you can have that conversation. It's done. They agreed to the price. Whether you swept well, it under the run, bait and switched, or whatever you want to call it, so, it's still there. So the, the difference, so like we have situations where, you know, 
the repair and the testing would be on top of each other. And, you know, I've got to take part, you know, I've got to take the insect manifold off and I've got to take all this stuff off. And so for me to get to that component, for me to test it properly is nine tenths of the labor time to replace it. So in those instances, I roll the repair, quote unquote, into the, the diagnostic testing. But I make it very clear on the ticket. I go, hey, uh, to confirm that this part has failed. And while we're in there, if that part is confirmed uh, to be bad, I'm going to replace it. And to do all that, it is X amount of dollars. But, and, and you know, at the R&R time, uh, you, you add a little bit of time in there. Uh, but, you know, I, I explain to them, I make it very clear that we're going to go in there to do testing, not to slap a part in. And if we've confirmed that that part has failed, we'll go ahead and put it in there. So here is the testing time and replacement of the part all in one quote unquote job. So we were confirming the failure of part, but it's, so if you look at my ticket, it's not necessarily listed out separately. Does that make sense, Matt? It makes sense. And I, and I get it, but here's my, here's my scenario. I had a car yesterday or the day before it was a 2018 Ram ProMaster hazards lights randomly blink, turn the key on or off the hazards lights just start going. Shop calls me out, says, hey, man, we looked at it. We thought we tested the hazard switch. It was bad. Thought that would fix it. It didn't fix it. Can you come look at it? I said, sure, no problem. Just know that there's a $150 diagnostic fee for my first hour on this electrical problem. After the hour, it's another $150. And the guy said, okay. I showed up. I was there approximately 40 minutes. And I said, hey, look, it's going to need a BCM. I said, go ahead and tell your customer that the real issue is the BCM. It's thinks the switch is active all the time. Here's the printout showing the screen, showing it active. I said, um, it's going to need a BCM. It's going to have to be programmed. It's another $200. Well, they went and got the BCM while I was still there because the dealer's only across the street. I literally, shop owner looked at me and says, hey man, you think you could roll your diagnostic fee into that uh, programming fee since you're already here? No, no, I can't. Well, why can't I? Well, that YTech software is stupid amount of money a year and the only way I'm going to make that money back up is to eventually pay for my diagnostic time of using that equipment and then charging you a programming fee. It's, I hate to say it, but no, I, I, I mean, I spent asking you that. Oh yeah. Oh, hey, because yeah. this doesn't make any sense because uh, they don't so know. We get asked that all the time. We get asked that and we tell them, look, it's two separate functions for me to pull out my lab scope, hook up all the doodads onto the car, run this test, show you this, uh, whatever pressure transducer wave pattern. And Hey, look at this. And we're going to be able to show you that it's out of time. And we put a little curses on there and little arrows, this, that, and the other, we, pr we produce this, this work is not the same thing as slapping in spark plugs. It's two different yeah, things. But, but here's the thing, so why right? Why would the shop owner not understand that? Because they, they haven't been properly trained. They, they don't, don't understand. understand. No, sorry. They don't that. understand that sweeping your diagnostic fee under the run and rug, rolling it in with labor is hurting the industry as a whole. And they have mentally trained themselves to never charge for diagnostics. Now they can't understand why a mobile guy is. It is absolutely insane. The amount of arguments I have with shop owners on this. Matter of fact, yeah. I now am up front and say, if you waste my time in arguing about this one, I'll never come back. <laughs> and two, you're going to pay me more the second time. 
because I'm there's done so, dealing with this. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt there's, I, there's I a... I can see yeah, Matt's, yeah. like, frustration so, in this, but he he exemplifies, yeah. like, a lot of shop owners out there that are done having this conversation on the phone, and they say, yeah. no, 150 bucks, you don't pay me, get out. Yeah. So, so yeah, Matt, to, to David's point, we have a guy, I don't know if you know... Um, Oh God, what's his name? Uh, Tool Hut. Um, Sam. Sam Brooks. You probably oh, ran into yeah. him at some point. You know Sam? Yeah. Great Sam. guy. So Sam, I've known Sam for at least 25 years. So Sam c- comes from the same school of hard knocks that you are. Okay. Um, he, he, and it's so funny because he said the last time he was here, he, uh, he wouldn't walk into somebody's building. I'm like, why did you? He calls the guy up and he says, I need you to come out in the parking lot. He goes, why not? Why don't you come in? He goes, no, you come out. Guy goes out in the parking lot. He says, now take a look at your building. He goes, what? He says, take a look at your front door. What's wrong with, with the front door? Why can't I walk in your building? He goes, I can, still can't see it. He says, it says, you, 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 this is a gun-free zone. He says, I can't do business with you if you're a front, gun-free zone. And so, so, <laughs> it's, so what's funny about this is this is us putting up walls and telling somebody sort of where we're at right up front before we've developed a relationship beyond the price of something. So if you're willing to, to take some some measure of advice. I'm begging you to just hear me out on this. If you get somebody who you've never met before, who doesn't think you're worth something at this point in time, rather than making a statement like, this is what I charge and the second hour is going to be this much and that much, just feel them out. See what how they run their business because you just might be able to convert them to your way of thinking such that whether they put the line item in there for Diag or build it into the job cost or whatever the hell they do, at least they understand you've got to pay a technician his or her going rate. And that going rate, by all accounts right now, is about 80 to 100 grand. If they're not making that kind of money, all of this conversation is nonsense. It doesn't matter which relative way you take it. Relative to the area of the it's country. It's all relative. relative. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, here, but here's the problem. And, and I'm telling you, if you come ride with me for a week, you'll be astonished. Yeah. They think because they're always rolling their fee into a repair that I should as a diagnostic guy. And I'm going, that's not how this works. Just because you don't doesn't mean I am. And I think just the problem, be- though, is that these shop owners don't understand the value that they're bringing in doing any testing. Yeah. And some of these shops that you're showing up to don't actually provide any value yeah. to, to the diagnostic process. They're not actually doing any diagnosis. I hired yeah. a tech. He came from a, a chain here in Kansas City. And... He wanted to diagnose vehicles. He was the only guy in the shop that wanted to diagnose vehicles because he found it fascinating. And he he told me flat out, they don't charge for diagnostics. And it turns out they don't actually do any diagnostics. What they do is they think the part, they run the code, they see the parts throwing a code, they order the part, they put it in, did it fix it? Yes, we're charging for diagnostics and we're charging for uh, the repair. If it didn't fix it, they take the part out, they return it back to the parts store, they put the old one back in, and they tell them, Oh, you got to take it to the dealer. Yeah. And that's what how they run. And this is a yeah. this is a very large organization here in Kansas City. They yeah. have several shops. They make a lot of money. Yeah. And and, and Dave, to, to your point, what Matt's saying here about this, when you have a technician that is maybe either undercapitalized for equipment, because the, the the boss isn't willing to buy the proper equipment that the technician needs, or the technician doesn't have the training or hasn't kept up on the training, you're left with Identifix is, is level one. And then level two is getting Matt in there to figure out what the hell's wrong with my car, with this car, 
so that I can uh, maybe charge for this customer or just get this car out of my life because buried under um, with yeah, but with, it, that shop shouldn't be advertising that they can do. They shouldn't be in business work at all. The, well, right. there's no disagreement. They, they shouldn't break, be around. But but we are where we if are. If they want to slap brake pads in and they want to do suspension work and that's all they want to do, then they need to advertise that that's what they do. They need to be upfront with the customer and say, yeah. "I can't diagnose this vehicle." Or yeah. I can, but I got to call my guy in and it's going to be whatever his markup is. So it's going to be 250 bucks for us to start. He needs to be out front with them. Don't bring the car to me with an electrical problem and the hazard lights when all I do is brakes and suspension. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. My biggest frustration, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. My biggest frustration in, in the consumer's mind, they see what they do and what we do as the same thing. You guys work on cars. It's all the same thing, isn't it? No, no, it is not. That's a hack shop. All they can do is brakes, which is some of the basic, most basic skills that comes with working on cars. And what we do is completely different. Don't make it equal. And a lot of these shops advertise it as the same thing, even though it's not. And they don't tell the customer that, hey, we're not equipped and we don't have the expertise. We don't know what we're doing. We're hacks. I have a shop that is nothing more than a brake, tire, and alignment specialty shop. And they'll do some other basic repairs, right? Like, hey, the guy's guy's in for – he's got 100,000 miles and he's getting tires. And they know that the maintenance book says it needs spark plugs, right? So they'll upsell that. They're not diagnosing that it needs spark plugs, right? It's just like, hey, maintenance time. If you haven't had these done since it's here, we'll go ahead and take take care of it for you. They do it right. Okay, they don't charge diagnostics. Now, if they get a car in for whatever reason, because this happens from time to time, and the customer's like, hey, you guys treated me right. My car's running weird, da, da, da. Can you look at it? The guy tells them, no, I can call somebody in, let you know when we can get on his schedule. He charges us. We're going to charge you what he charges us, and then we're going to, and, and you can decide if you want the repair from there based on his diagnostics. And that's exactly how they do it. And I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite shops to go to because the guy never argues with me about my diagnostic price. He normally he's up gets front me, with the customer. He's he up knows front what with the value customer. he brings to the customer. Yes, that's, I think that's the ends up being the crux of the 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 issue here. He knows what value he brings. I know what I do, and I know I do it well. And then that's it. I don't try to go past that. I don't try to be all things to all people. And that's what ends up happening with a lot of these shops. They they want the shop, the car in the door. He was telling me the other day, Bill, to your point, you, you were talking about they come in for a brake squeal and it turns out they have a coolant leak. My tech was telling me he was doing a timing cover on a, on a Taurus and he, he, I asked him, I'm like, uh, you know, how much time would it, would it be at this other shop if they were doing this? He looked at me, he's like, they wouldn't do this at the other shop. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like every Taurus needs this timing cover water pump combo thing, right? Every single one of them. So why, why wouldn't they do it? He goes, because they don't know what they're doing there. What they would do is they would charge the 450 bucks for brakes, tell them, hey, you got a coolant leak, not, not tell them the full scope of the situation that, hey, this is a problem. You can't just ignore this coolant leak and just pay us the 450 bucks for brakes. You need to decide which direction you're going to go because this coolant leak will leave you stranded down the street. They don't say anything to the customer. They let the customer leave thinking the car's fine that I just got this minor coolant leak, but I just paid the shop 450 bucks to do brakes. That's disingenuous. It's wrong 
to let the customer leave thinking that they've got a good working vehicle, but they just wanted the money for the brakes because that's what they're capable of doing. They can't do anything else for that customer. They know it. So they're okay letting that customer walk out the door with a coolant leak. That's how a lot of shops operate. I mean, what do you do with that? I, I had a lady years ago call me. She taught me something I'll never, ever forget. She calls me up. She says, I need a price on an engine. And I said, uh, can I ask you, what's the reason uh, for replacing the engine? She says, it's it's knocking. She says, it's a you know rod knock. And you know it's very obvious and all this other stuff. I said, would it interest you to know that, uh, that your engine could knock for reasons altogether unrelated to something inside your engine. She goes, yeah, well, yeah, but I still, I still want to, you know, price on it. So we go round and round for about a minute and a half. And then she says to me, she says, look, um, are you going to give me a price or am I just going to hang up on you? So I said to her, I said to her, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. She I said, what price would you like? She says, well, what does it cost for an engine? I said, well, why don't you answer it? Why don't you tell me what you think an engine should cost? She says, I don't know, about $2,000. I said, well, you're in luck. I said, because today we're, I mean, this honestly, this literally happened. I said, well, you're in luck. I said, because today we're running half off of all engines. Um, she says, for, for my front wheel drive Buick? I said, yeah. She says, uh, is this for like a, a, a brand new motor? I said, well, I was thinking remand, but since, you know, since we've got this half off thing, I said, what the hell? Let's just get a, a GM crate motor for it. And then, so she's quiet on the line. And I said, are you still there? She says, yeah. I said, what's going through your head right now? She says, you're messing with me, aren't you? I said, I said, you're absolutely right. I said, I'm messing with you. I said, what do you think you're, this, this search that you're on, what do you think is happening right now as you call the next nine places? And she says, well, I, I'm just, I'm looking for the cheapest guy in town. And so we start having this conversation. I said, when you take it somewhere, I said, think about the place that you're going to take this vehicle to. Ask yourself why it is that they have five used cars for sale up front. And where do you suppose they got those vehicles from? What's going to happen when you get the price that you think is the right price for you and you take it over there and they pull this motor out of the car and all of a sudden the price just doubled? What do you think is going to happen there? And so again, she's thinking about all this. And so I'm building this report and all of a sudden, again, I question why this thing's knocking and I step on a landmine and she says to me, how dare you? You'd never be telling this to a, a man, you know, so sexist and all this other stuff. And uh, she says, it's a, it's a rod knock. I said, well, how about this? And so we were talking about, I couldn't get her to understand it's going to be 120 bucks back then to figure out what's going on with her vehicle. So now I said, you know, we've already spent 10 or 15 minutes on the phone call. I said, why don't you drive the car over to me? She says, I don't think it's going to make it here. And so I said, if it breaks down, I will tow it at my cost and I'll take care of this diag for you. Don't worry about this diag. I'm just curious whether in fact this thing is knocking or not. Because about nine out of 10 customers like you are not are, are wrong about the diagnosis when you're calling over the phone. So she drives it over here and sure as, sure as crap, this thing is knocking. It's a typical rod knock. So we get it in and we find out the harmonic, the front, the harmonic balancer separated yeah. the two piece harmonic balancer and it sounds like mm -hmm. a rod knock. And so whatever, $250, $300 later, her engine, air quotes, was replaced. And so she's crying there in my waiting room. And I look and I'm going, so what's happening right now? And she says, what would have happened had I not listened to you? Had I not spent enough time and Gone answered the questions shop, you were asking me? An engine. And, and, that, and so she's thanking me. And I, what I said to her was, I said, don't you dare thank me. I said, I'm the one that's thanking you for this. I said, because you have restored my faith in the process. And that is that I will never, I will sooner have somebody jump off that bridge and drown, and I can't save you. I didn't bring you into this world, and I can't save you from taking your own 
life is automotively speaking, you jumped. Once you hang up, I can't save you anymore. And so if there's anything that I get out of a conversation like this is this, we have our own sense of style. We have our own sense of thing. If you're, if you're doing honest, dependable work as we, what, as we are, and I, I said, I, and I, I would bet my life on it, that the folks that are going to hear this conversation are, are by and large, 99.9% of them are spending their time saying, I want to I provide good service for good money. How do I do that? It doesn't happen without learning to court. There's a courtship there. Matt, I promise you, there's a courtship problem you have with some of this database that you have. You can bring these people to understand why you are, why you are worth what you are worth. Uh, uh, an ex-boss of mine, I've said this before on Carm's podcast, um, and I say this all the time. It, he says to me, he said to me, Bill, he said, either you train that customer to do business the way you know you need to do business to be able to serve them, or they train you. When you train them, it's a win-win proposition. When they train you, it's a lose-lose proposition. Okay, can I interject here? Yes, sir. Okay. Most shop owners I know back in in the, in the day when there were yellow pages, so I'm kind of dating myself. Yeah, uh, there you go. I'm there yeah, with you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what is a yellow page? That's a, I knew that was coming up. That, uh, you know, Scundrich is going to be right podcast. on the net. Uh, yeah, Scundrich is going to be on the net going, what the hell is yellow pages? You have to subscribe at, to the podcast again. Right? At, 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 <laughs> and Roman's going to go like, I think I read that about that once, but I'm not quite sure. I don't, yeah, I, I don't remember. I have nothing against yellow pages. Okay. It has nothing to do with anybody peeing on a, on a white pages. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So um, when you looked and there were advertisements for, you know, shops that were in there, they always had the same thing, which was honest, right? The, the, every shop was honest. Every shop was friendly. Every shop had the words integrity, et cetera, in it. Okay. So, so you, you, you looked at and you, and you looked and saw that the overwhelming majority of shops that were advertising had those words in it. Yet, if as a professional, you went over to the physician's page and you saw the advertisements, you never saw that. Well, why was that questioned? In other words, if you have two people that are in a similar business in that they are fixing things, whether they're fixing humans or they're fixing machines, why is it that one has to think it's necessary to emphasize their honesty, their integrity, their friendliness, and the other doesn't because, in my estimation, one was expected and the other was expected to do wrong. So what happens is, instead of words now that were honest, etc., we use the phrase transparent. We are transparent in our business model. You're when, so woke right now. <laughs> right? So when you have words that are transparent, what you re regard as a wedge is what you said, Bill, in a conversation, I review uh, regard as an asset. Because I'm not afraid to qualify a potential customer. Now, remember, there's consumer, customer, and client. That's how I, I categorize them. I'm not afraid to qualify that other individual on the end of the phone to see if we're going to be a good fit. Because my ideal 
client who starts out as a consumer and then moves to a customer and ultimately a client is one who meets my avatar, and that is of valuing the service that I provide. And in order to do that, I have to be absolutely transparent. Yes, there is a, a fee for testing. Yes, that fee for testing is not applied to the repair. And I, I don't want to use any subterfuge. It's a bad word, forgive me. I don't want to subordinate that diagnosis into a repair because once I do that, I have established an expectation. And I keep on coming back to this for a reason. And the expectation is I went to Bill Nalu's shop and it was a wonderful experience. It was wonderful. And he's earned my trust and I'm never going to go anywhere else. And uh oh, um, I have to move away from my job. My job's taking me to a different city. Okay. When they go to, to my facility, they're going to get, have to pay for that diagnostic process, that testing for root cause analysis. They won't understand why. And it raises a question, and it works for you because the way you roll it in, so the amount of money at the end of the day, the net for that repair is equivalent to mine. But for me, I'm telling them up front because I need my education for them to happen at the time on the phone when I could better spend it working on cars. In other words, I want to get the proper customer in. This is why you don't see Rolexes advertised in the penny saver, or actually not the penny saver, true Rolexes. You see them or at Walmart. Now, I know you could probably find one online, but you walk into Walmart, you don't see Rolexes in the jewelry counter because that's, or Piaget or Patek Philippe, because that's not their customer. I don't want to play psychological games and figure out what their emotional IQ is. I don't care. You're coming to me as a professional. What I want to do is tell you as a professional, this is the steps that we're going to follow. Now, are there exceptions? Yes, and David touched on them, and I, you did a little bit too. And that is that if somebody comes in and says, I, ha I have a noise when I, I depress the brakes when I'm going to stop, I'm going to tell them we're going to have a brake inspection and the fee for that brake inspection is this. And during the course of that inspection, we are going to do the following. And I read them off what it is that we do. If at the time that uh, we do the brake inspection, we determine that you need brakes, we're going to call you. If you get back to me within 15 minutes and you authorize the brakes if they needed to be uh, repaired, or replace, excuse me, then because it's not ethical for me to charge you twice for the same work, I am going to take that brake inspection and I'm going to apply it towards that repair. Why? Because I had to take the wheels off anyway. I mean, that's half the job. I have to take the wheels off. I can't do the brake inspection where I measure out the, the thickness of the rotors, look for run out, measure out pads, check their condition, et cetera, without taking the wheels off. Okay. If more than 15 minutes passes, and you haven't called me back, texted me, or alerted to me, and I need to take that vehicle and reassemble it and move it outside because I am at, the, at, its, uh, at my base, a production-based business, 
Then when you call me three hours later and say, okay, go ahead, do the brakes, you are going to pay me for that brake inspection. Do you understand? Does that make sense to you? And if they say yes, great, not a problem. If they say no, I don't think I have to pay for it, then I'm not the right person for you. Because I've been a customer of Duke Energy for the last 30-something years. And at no time has Duke Energy ever said to me, listen, sir, you've paid your bill like clockwork every single month. You never light. And your check's always clear. So we're going to give you three days worth of electricity free of charge. The cable company (laughs) winds up going out and makes offers to new clients that me as a a loyal 20-something-year cable uh, customer can't get. You have to threaten to hang up. In other words, I'm going to end my uh, service with you, and then you have to speak to the retention department, and then you have to go 40 minutes to get something that you have earned. That's the difference. You have to acknowledge, I mean, on a, a purely logical basis, that if you're telling somebody you're not charging them For that service, what you're doing is you are setting an expectation for that person. You are educating them that one of the most difficult aspects of our business, the one that takes the the most equipment, the most knowledge and skill, is worth little to nothing on its own. Its value is only when it is put in with the repair. And if you said to them, respectfully always, because you know how I feel about you, respectfully, if you said to them, here's the deal, yes, we are going to charge you for that uh, diagnosis, and the way we're going to do that is we're going to add that time, okay, or that uh, that testing fee, excuse me, not time, we're going to take that testing fee, and we're going to add it to your Uh, uh, repair order, and you're going to ultimately wind up paying me for it, that's transparency. Telling them that you're not, or having a line item that shows zero, just told them that that is worth zero. That's why when you give a discount to somebody like we do, I do for the Marine Corps, and I, it, 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 there's a couple of, of worthy organizations that I help out, I always make sure that they see that that discount is on the repair order because I want them to see what it is and appreciate the value in the savings that they receive. Oh, I, I saved 25, 50, a hundred, $600 million, whatever it is. Cause if it's a, a Euro car, it's going to be an $800,000 repair, especially if it's a Volkswagen, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that's the way that, that you have to, to look at it in my view. Okay. I don't, I, I fixate on transparency on as you do, um, except I don't think that I have to should have to as their advocate. I'm not trying to to overcome an objection. As someone who respects their autonomy as an individual, they deserve to know all of the facts surrounding their property. And- I, I think the only difference here is that. Dutch, you're having that phone, that conversation on the phone. Bill seems to be having that conversation in person. But what do we tell the shop owner that, for example, the one who threw that post up and said, we don't charge for diagnostic time. And she, and they, uh, I'm not sure if it was the wife or the husband had put, put the post up, but they, 
they had taken their Facebook ad and they were showing that they were, they were uh, disinfecting the vehicle before they, they serviced it. And they have plastic on the steering wheel, plastic on the seat. They've got the floor mat. They're spraying it down uh, with something on the door handles and stuff to, to make sure the, the vehicle is fully uh, uh, desanitized. Before they, they start servicing on, uh, before they start service on it, that was the advertising. And buried in there was ask about free diagnostics. And so I asked, I said, what do, what do you mean? What's free diagnostics? And they said, well, if you have the repair done with us, we waive the fee. And whatever that happens to be, $100, $150. But that's what Bill said. They, they waive the fee. No, 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 no. Well, Bill, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like not that he waives the fee, he rolls the fee into the repair as a confirmation of somebody else's diagnosis because they've already essentially paid for the dyad. Yeah. Is that right, Bill? Gentlemen, how much is it going to cost me and when is it going to be ready? That's 90% of our work. Once you've established a name for yourself and, 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 90% 90% of the time, how much is it going to be? And, you know, th- there's one other thing that I want to, as if this is not already a uh, interesting, delicious, complicated <laughs> subject matter, there's another part of this is. So I live in Metro Detroit, a very, very diverse, culturally diverse community. Is it fair to say, Matt, is your place culturally diverse? You get oh, yeah. the shop owners? Okay. Dutch, are you? is that your area too? No, we're homogeneous as hell here. You're really, home- I mean, it's, it's, everybody <laughs> so, freaking looks like me. Of course, yeah, we're we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have people so, from all so, over the country. Yeah, so I'm I'm Middle Eastern. I, I can I'm going to pick on Middle Eastern people, but there's folks that are Indian and there's folks. So those some, especially for immigrants like I am, they come in and they all they're all about the discount. Now I could take the the road that I tip sometimes take and say that we're above that. That if I can't sell you on value, then clearly I haven't done a good enough job of selling you on why you should hire us and be our customer going forward. Having said that, they the, go back to the courtship part of that. The part that I find native-born Americans, it's almost like it's no longer a skill set because they don't see the what is actually happening here. When you don't negotiate with somebody, so I'll just, I had an Indian gentleman come in and um, we were sort of talking about this and and he, and I said, how did you come to us? He says, I just, I just can't seem to find a place that sort of wants to work with me. And so what he was meaning by that is most places aren't willing to have a conversation with him about the fact that he has to have this tent. He wants to barter. And so we got to sit down, talk to him. I said, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant too. I said, you know, in America, you know, the price is the price. And I said, by and large, we work that way too. I said, but I understand where you're coming from. You feel like you're not worthy of being bartered with. And he practically jumps out of his seat. He goes, exactly. He said, it's an, I'm insulted by the fact that they think that I don't have enough money. I'm driving a Mercedes. I'm a doctor, whatever. I said, but here's the problem with, it. I said, you're, you're, you're talking past each other, culturally speaking. So taking the customer out of the equation and speaking to my fellow shop owners, is if you're somebody who thinks that you're not going to give this guy 20 bucks off because you don't want to train him to expect this, what's wrong with saying to the guy, look, you're a first-time customer here. Um, if, will $20 
be enough for you for us to be able to do this, you know, $1,500 worth of work? Is it, will that make you happy? That's, that's fine. I will do that. I really appreciate it. Can we make a deal, please, uh, that if we do this this time, that the next time around, we won't have this conversation again? Because I really want you to respect the fact that we have a pricing structure, and this is how we do it, and, and the price is the price. We don't play games with people and all this other stuff. This is the price is the price. So, and and, and if, if we do that, then what we find is that 20 maybe 20, 25% of that database is this now taught no longer, this is no longer a person that is, is going to beat you up over some of this stuff. And, and the, the, the beauty of it is they are highly, highly, highly uh, um, loyal and they refer more customers than a- any other subset of the population because once they find somebody that, that understands them culturally, then they send all kinds of people. And so the customers that I have here that are that are of immigrant background understand, even though they know I'm Middle Eastern, they know I don't play that game. And there's, they know there's around other shops, this is the, all that goes all day long. Oh, how come how much? And how come with this and all that? And and because we've been able to do that, we have a, a customer base that refers more, probably three or four times a, a native born population. So I don't know if that surprises you to hear that, but again, it's about training the the customer speaking their language, pun intended, speaking their specific cultural language, and and finding out what is what is it that that keeps you from bringing this vehicle in for me today, so that I know I can help you. The only way I can't help you is if you're expecting me to do everything for nothing. If you want me to do something for nothing, and you're going to contribute to my ARO, you're my customer. But if, you, if you're somebody who doesn't respect my time, doesn't respect the fact that we have professionals that need to be paid uh, uh, above any skilled tradespeople in industry, um, then you don't get it. And, and if it takes me, if I've got somebody, and I've had people, I've had people, if, if I can say, you can edit this out, RepairPal is by far the most egregious at this. Um, they'll send me people that they'll submit to a, an inspection and, um, and they're about to have a hissy fit behind the counter. And so I give them their keys and I say, don't worry about it. You don't owe me anything. And they go away and there's no one-star rating and I never see them again and I never want to see them again. And I, and I pay my technician and, and then I move on to the other 99 who will. Yeah. That's it. I, I have somebody who gets overly upset at the counter, you know, and I've had that happen. They approve it up front. They didn't like the, what we told them that, hey, it's going to need, you know, timing chains. This is going to be $5,500 to do or whatever. They start to get angry. Uh, maybe the warranty company declined the work or whatever. And they or said, else hey, I knew it. That. I knew it. That, that code told and, me that it was timing chains. You know, I, yeah, I knew it all along. It, I told you when I called you, you know. I, exactly. And it doesn't matter that we showed them, hey, here's a camp crank correlation on the, on the lab scope, this, that, and the other. And they start to get upset. I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll eat it this time. Here's your keys. Have a nice day. Get out. <laughs> yep. Uncheck. Uncheck marketing. <laughs> Uncheck marketing. And that's exactly but, right. But here's my question. And and Bill did a nice story. And it was a great story on how to make a sale. But here's my question. Going back to the podcast thing from or the, the post from five minutes ago. What is the difference between saying, oh, I'm going to waive your diagnostic fee and sweeping it under the rug in the repair? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, essentially, you have no idea if that customer really meant, hey, I'm waving it, never charging the person, or if they meant, oh, it looks like it's waved with air quotes, but it's really not. 
And that's the that's the long and the short of this conversation. There's a thousand ways you can spin it, but at the end of the day, if you're never putting a line item on the ticket, you're essentially waiving the diagnostic fee in that customer's mind. Well, no, no, you you are wait the, the the diagnostic the diagnostic findings are still there. That line item, that job is still there. It's just and and by the way, just so we're clear here. I'm not waiving level two or level three diagnostics. There's no way in hell that's happening. If I've got seven or eight hours of electrical diagnostics on a $12,000 job on a, on, a, on a freight liner and it's a fleet company, there's no way in hell. I'm not, I don't waive a dime of that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the customer that's coming in that just wants to be sold on, on our why. And if you've got to give them the diagnostics uh, for the first time, if they're asking you that or whatever the situation is, if you feel that you have it within you to be able to say, how do we get past this this rub here? If I've got to do that in order to to drive our industry to be more professional so that we can pay our technicians so that they're not being bled out of our, our industry, I don't I, I don't lose one minute of sleep over what it might look like if that customer moves to Houston. And I've had that happen where a customer moved to Houston. She called me. And she said, I, I, I miss you guys to death. I got to call you to find out if, if what I'm hearing is legit from this Firestone or from this whatever. And, um, <laughs> and so if, 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 that ruins, if that ruins that customer to the industry, then I invite the industry to maybe look at another way. I know, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying there is another way. So it, it's I, not, I the, you don't have, they don't have to hang up. But here's my problem. But here's my problem, right? So this is what you're now saying. In a nutshell, and I'm going to be blunt and kind of a dick, right? That's fine. I love because I I I just am that type person, (laughs) and and everybody hates me, and I don't really give a shit. So that's why we had John, man. (laughs) Yep. But here's the problem, right? So your first hour of diagnostics should be pull the car in, a visual inspection, check for TSBs, check for module updates that pertain to maybe to that item, right? Blah 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 blah. You're now saying, hey, look, if I find that in the first hour, don't worry about paying that. My text time was not worth that $120 an hour or $200 an hour my shop rate was. I can go ahead and waive that. We don't care that the guy looked up TSBs and stuff. It's, why, it's such a bad why do you, mindset. Okay, so, but man, why do you say that? Show me at the bottom of the invoice. If the bottom of the invoice says $952.82, how, how can you say that without knowing what the breakdown is of the parts and labor involved in that? Because I can read every ticket, and in my state, it should say on that ticket what it was. So that's the problem I have with this. It, there is no difference in that guy posting, oh, I waive all diagnostic fees. Oh, I just roll it into the repair. You said the same thing. And you think the customer cares about that? You think the customer is going to hire you the second or third or 15th time on the basis whether you charge for diagnostics or not? But this is the problem is you're now training the customer to go, well, I should never pay for diagnostics. Whether you want to admit that or not, that is what you've trained that customer to do. Okay, Matt. When I, the customer, I think it's a, yeah, hold just hold let on, me say on, this on. one thing, David. This is really hold important, on. Matt. When the customer leaves my shop, that's the last time they're going to look at that. In, either they're getting an emailed invoice that they're never going to refer to, or they've got a paper yeah. copy that they're never going to refer to. Do you know why? Because I tell them, by the way, you never, ever, ever need to bring that invoice in for service. That's why we have computers. We have a database. I, and I so understand. guess what Customers happens? Move, the invoice goes away. Life changes. Things happen. My area, P 
people move here like clockwork because it's in south of Orlando. So I get people yeah. who move here from New York, Mi- Michigan, because the Democratic state up there is just locked it yeah. down so much. Everybody <laughs> wants to move here. Uh, so like, I now saw, I have all I just these saw another crazy <laughs> Chainsaw. <laughs> so now I have these customers coming down and going, they've never looked at your receipt, but I'm telling you they do because here's what happens. They go over to their glove box. Here's the service that's been done on my car. And they hand it to the next shop. And that's when they realize, wait a minute, this shop's telling me he's charging for Diag. Bill never did. This shop must be a ripoff because I shouldn't pay for Diag. Bill always gave it away. End case. You're done. That's when they notice. Or if they're your yet. customer for lice, that's fine. Yeah. But well, when they move, yeah. you screw yeah. over the next shop. Or, or better yet, the the other shop says, "Oh, they ripped you off because they charged you, I don't know, two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars in labor uh, for the water pump instead of whatever." And and so, and therein lies the the whole crux of this this thing is as an industry, we we're independent repair facilities. You know, it's it's no different than I'll, I'll just tell you another a, a quick thing here. A customer, a neighbor of mine had two pizza stores. So we sat there one day. They were on the verge of bankruptcy. Tom is telling me about this. And I said to him, I said, Tom, what's going on right now? And he says, well, it's this this, this Little Caesars hot and ready pizzas. Uh, they're killing me. They're, they're selling these things for five bucks. And, and that's below my cost. I don't know how I can compete with them. And so I said to him, I said, Tom, what if the price of that pizza, what if they raised their price to $6? Do you think still think they'd be kicking your ass? He goes, yeah, he had did. I said, what about $7? And then we get to his cost. I think it was $7.50. You know, he's telling me about how he's got these great ingredients and everything's gourmet and it's all handmade and all this other stuff. And so I said, let's, let's go for broke. What if they charge $10 for that hot and ready pizza? You still think they'd be selling a million pizzas to yours? And, and he had to admit, yes. I said, why do you suppose that's the case? He said, because a customer's walking in and they want something that is hot and ready. All it ta- all all that all that mom that soccer mom wants is to get to walk in and thirty seconds later have a two liter bottle of pop and two pizzas to and and she's going to have bliss for the next forty five minutes driving home from soccer practice and that's and what what we don't understand sometimes is that we we say we're diagnosticians and we repair cars and 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 we're we're that but the other ninety nine percent of that is we're psychologists and psychiatrists and social workers. And, and we're, we have the most complicated business model. We do the most complicated work on, on, on man's most complicated consumer product. And then we, we're, and then we have the most complicated machine that God have has you, ever created working on this. Have and, you ever walked into a doctor's office and gotten away with not paying them for looking at you? Um... No, but no. I've, but 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 I've walked into a lawyer's office and ha- had the consultation be free yeah. for the first time. The, the guy gives you some advice and you walk out the door. Yeah. So I, I think and, the difference, and, though, here, I think. But the but you just is, said that we're working on complicated machines like a doctor. Why can a doctor always charge and I can't? Well, if, nobody likes so, doctors. Though. So so <laughs> how many doctors? And their their machine hasn't changed since yeah. God made them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have I have crappy health insurance because I'm a self-employed person. I suspect you guys aren't much better than than me in, in that regard. Knock What's on wood. Health insurance. Knock on wood. <laughs> I, I I haven't I haven't had a physical in over ten years. I probably need to do that. I probably need to do that. But to the extent that if if there was a doctor that says, look, 
if you're a small business owner and you've been you 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 can't you can't take the, the cost of you know uh, medicine the way it is we want to invite you in for a free consultation if you're a dentist for example we want to invite you in for a free consultation you think that guy is going to be oh and by the way actually I can't answer your question when you say doctor are you also including lasik uh doctors lasik surgeons yeah. To which you have to say yes. You have to say yes. And so when I got my LASIK 15 years ago, guess what yeah. the consultation cost me? Nothing. Guess guess what the guess what the doctor who I had to drive to Canada for charges? He charges three thousand dollars, and he's got an Aston Martin and an AMG sitting in the front parking lot, and and he's got about I swear to God, Matt, as God is my witness, there had to be probably a hundred people working in this office. And they were they had people coming and going. It looked like Grand Central Station in there. Now but I don't want to run a, I don't want to run Grand Central Station, but he was wildly successful on bringing that customer in on the basis that that free consultation is. And I'm not again. I'm not even arguing. But your that LASIK you do falls apart. Your LASIK why? falls apart. Here's why. That's why? an optional elective surgery. That's like saying, hey, I got a four by four truck and I need to go in the mud more. Hey, any chance your shop's going to do a lift kit? You're going to spend some time looking into it for free. Maybe get the guy to drive his truck by to look at it to go, ah, you know, I really don't want to get involved in this lift kit. Now, if that same shop owner calls you and says, hey, man, my truck's not running real good, no doctor's going to come look at you and run tests and then not hand you a bill. End of story. The, 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 it's no, no, not on, an optional treatment. There are a bunch of doctors, uh, a bunch of practices that have elected to sort of to stop taking insurance. They just take cash or what a credit card subscription. And they're based. very, yeah. And yeah. Or, or they're very upfront about their pricing. They yeah. say, yeah, come on in, uh, whatever the, we're going to have a conversation for free. And, uh, if we decide that we need to do a B and C, these are the charges. Everything's very transparent and you can decide to pay me or not. LASIK is one of the most deregulated medical procedures in this country, which is why the prices keeps keeps dropping as there's so many people getting into it to compete against each other. But does that sound familiar? Sound like another yeah, industry? Uh, well, hold on, hold on. Here's yeah. the thing though. Here's the thing. Matt is frustrated with the shop owner that is giving away something that either he, they can't quantify the value in. So they, to the customer specifically, they can't tell the customer, this is what we're doing and this is why there's value. And therefore they're giving it away for free, which is very much, which is very likely what that shop that posted that ad was doing. Yes. They're a brand new shop. They can't. They don't see the value in what they're they're doing themselves, and therefore they don't have the confidence to sell it to their customer. So they're worried that they're going to. If get you have to sweep it under the rug, you can't sell it to on, your hold customer. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. <laughs> was that, I don't. I don't think necessarily that Bill is sweeping it under it, the rug. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's because he is charging it the price is what the price is. I bet you there's a line item somewhere in there that says verified diagnosis or tested this component Absolutely. or created this. Of course. So the, yeah. it's in the 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 it's on the invoice. So to Well, say that's it's not the way he said it rug, in this podcast. <laughs> I, I I know, but what he's saying though, what he's saying the the shop owner that Bill's talking to, the 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 shop owner that Bill's talking to is a shop owner that is cut and dry gets on the phone it's 150 for me to even open the hood and you don't like it go pound sand and uh it, it's almost 
it's almost elitism. It's almost, hey, I'm not even going to be bothered to talk to you unless you're willing to pay me lots of money. So I want to be very upfront with you. And all he's saying is, let's take a step back. Let's try to meet the customer where they're at. Let's have a conversation. Let's try to build a relationship. You're not building a relationship if you're standoffish on the phone, if you're telling them, take it or leave it. That's not how you start a relationship. That's a false Where, dichotomy, David, and you know it. No, well, no, no, yeah, no. I'm not saying it's, it's an false, either or. I'm not saying it's an either or. It's a false dichotomy because what you're I'm not saying you're quoting the extreme. You're absolutely I'm quoting not, the extreme, and and it, that's not intellectually honest. And uh, hold on now, better. I'm not saying it's an either or. So it's not a false dichotomy. I'm not saying you can be one way or the other. I agree with him in that sense. I agree that you need to have a conversation on the phone. You need to be. Uh, now where, where I will, uh, will be willing to have that a little bit of that conversation on the phone and tell them, this is what this process looks like. I want to be transparent. I want to be upfront. This is what we're doing. Is that worth it to you? Yes or no. If it's not, I understand. Just don't bring it in. He's willing to have that conversation in the, in the lobby, in his lobby. Uh, but he's having that conversation where I th- where Matt's frustration is in the shop owner that doesn't see any value in what they're doing. They don't see any value in, um, in, in doing any kind of diagnostic testing. They may not even be doing any actual diagnostic testing. They're just, because they don't see any value in it, they can't quantify it to the customer. And so they're just giving it away. But We're that's just it. We have trained the customer to expect yep. somebody to sweep it under the rug, to make it go away, to make it not seem like it's worth a value, all because you guys don't want to make it a line item and have that conversation because you're too scared to lose the customer up front. If it wasn't that big of a deal, we wouldn't be having this conversation. The 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 long and short of this is either you're too scared to have that conversation because you can't convert that sale, or B, you're going to get them into your shop, smooth them with free stuff, and then just sweep it under the rug. E- either way, you did exactly what that other customer didn't, or the but, other shop did. But Matt, when you say smooth them, smoothing them means we have a date. I get to go out with somebody tonight. The other option is they hang up because we never eat. We were so we were so we, we, we were so positioned to to say it's going to be my way or the highway when you meet a customer that says it's going to be my way or the highway either we make either we meet them with the same level of energy or as Bruce Lee would 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 at once explain it it's why not take their energy and redirect it redirect it in the way why? that you can help them because in the end all of us on this call are about helping people i mean i would bet my life on it every one of you is about about service, about helping, and and I, our industry by and large is about service to 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 your fellow man and building a a sustainable business model. It doesn't happen when we when we make demands on the customer instead of saying to them is. But we shouldn't have to make demands. It should be an industry standard. Hey, should your should car's means broke? What the hell does should mean? Should, since when does should mean anything? Uh, yeah, should, should kids mean shouldn't anything. shouldn't starve in Africa. Um, you know, we shouldn't have drunk drivers out there. Since when should since when should anything be shoulds out there? I'll, I'll give Unfortunately, you a it's the world we live in. I'll give you a scenario that I ran into. Uh, I had this lady call me up, and she said, "Hey, my car's running extremely rough. I don't know what's wrong with it." You could hear her; she was breaking down on the phone. She was she was panicking. 
Yeah. She didn't know what was wrong with her car. She didn't know how to emotionally handle it. And so I can't tell her on the phone, hey, this is going to be $150 diagnostic fee for me to even touch your car because that's the industry standard. I'm sorry. No, I said, hold on. Okay, just just bring it down. I'm just going to take a quick look <laughs> right. at it. So let's, let's pick an extreme case to make well, your I'm point. I'm just saying, though, that's, it's that's like what crazy. Bill is saying. No, no, no. That's what Bill is saying, though. That's that's what I'm trying to explain to you. That's what Bill is saying. Is let's let's take this lady. I opened the hood up. She had lean codes. I ran the, the with the the baby scanner. I she had a bunch of lean codes. I opened up the hood, and at Jiffy Lube, when they put the air filter in, they had dislodged the intake hose off of the intake manifold. All I did was slip it back on, put the clamp back in properly. And then the car just smoothed out and said, it's running fine now. Cleared the codes. If there's another problem, bring it back in. We'll be happy. Did it out in the parking lot. She has been a loyal customer, sending me lots of referrals as she shows up here. So, and what I'm saying, though, is his, what he's saying is if you take that hard response and say, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even look at your car unless you're telling me on the phone that you're willing to pay me X amount of dollars. She would have been jumping from phone call to phone call to phone call, trying to find somebody willing to help her without throwing a bunch of fees at her over the phone. Where, but where that's all an he's saying is, let's case. Take, it's a case by case basis. That's my point. That's what yeah. I think. It's, that's there's a nuance his, to it. I don't want to speak for him, but yeah, there's, I, a, there's a nuance mind, to this. Yes, I mean, in my mind, I'm listening to her on the phone, freaking out. So, and I'm like, so I'm the not conversation here. Wait. I'm so confused what we're having a discussion on. Either the discussion is, do you charge for diagnostics or not? Or, not, wait, that's wait, wait. a false dichotomy. <laughs> it's, it, or, it's or is the conversation or. supposed to be, well, let's decide if we're going to charge or not based on a case-by-case scenario, based on the person, if it's a single mom, because we all have 200 single moms no, we no, help, no, 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 and no, da-da-da-da-da-da. Because yeah, if that's a conversation, I agree with you. But overall, every customer is paying for a diagnostic fee at the end of the day, whether they want to or not. Matt, okay, Matt, let me answer it this way. So if I have a customer that says, either you tell me if you charge for diagnostics and you roll it into the repair, or I hang up on you, what do you think I say to them? Uh, five minute conversation. No, no. What I say to him is, Matt, let me ask you a question. If you, if I, if I do, if I have to charge you for a diagnostic fee that we don't roll into that here, is it my understanding that you're going to find somebody else? You're going to call somebody else? And if the answer is yes, then I'm going to say, Matt, can I, can I offer you a couple of tips as you make your calls, as you call the 10 places around town? To find yeah, out if they're going to do that. And we have a conversation about that. And if they don't come in, that's great. But at least I've educated them about what is actually the, the journey that they're actually on as a novice. I'm assuming they're a novice. Because if they're an engineer and they already know more than I do, then I'm probably not going to convert that call anyway. Because Mr. Engineer is going to think he already, he, I mean, he developed the ECM for that vehicle. Don't you know? He built that transmission himself at the factory. <laughs> So it's, it's again, we're, they just don't have the lift and they don't have the time, but I I totally engineered that thing. This is, this is the problem, Matt. You're an eighth degree black belt as a technician, right? All I'm saying is, and, and in many cases, what you do is a little different than what we do. You're a business to business proposition. I wouldn't waive my diagnostics. There's no way in hell, but what I would do is if I had somebody who has potential, if I had a guy, let's say, just picking on on somebody who's ethnic, right? If I got some guy who doesn't understand about diagnostics, who better better 
to talk to him about the value of diagnostics than the person that he's hiring to do some of the diagnostics for him. Maybe you can get this guy to understand and whatever the hell he does, he can do that. But the problem is, is you're still, you're so, and I love you to death, man. I want, I, I, you're so stuck in the way you know you have to do it. You're not willing to listen to how somebody's saying, just, just do it my way one time. That's what the guy's telling you. Just do it for me one time. And so let's say I've got a guy who's going to take advantage of me. This guy, you know, even though I can see him coming 10 miles away, this guy's going to come in, he's going to waste a half hour of my time and maybe a half hour of my technician's time. So the worst I have into it is I've got a little bit of time invested in it. I hit the uncheck button because clearly this guy does not meet my, meet my avatar. Now, some Dutch and I and, and, and Dave and you for that, you know, we know we see that guy coming. So he may not even ever make it over the wall to make it into our shop. But other shop owners have dead floor space that they need to fill. They need to learn this, this technology, this, 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 this way of talking with customers to be able to convert this conversation, to turn it around and get these people to walk into their shops so that before they figure out who the right customer is, they've got to figure out who the wrong customers are. And so they, what they, the only thing they can't afford is having nothing no phones ringing at all at their at, at, on, on, at their business. So I, I, I'm one of those guys that says, I don't have a problem with the wrong customers coming in the door as long as you've got traffic because you need traffic. Last time I checked, this damn pandemic did, did even more damage to car count than we already have a problem with. So, well, that's because your state's all locked down still. Well, it's, I mean, <laughs> but it's like, I mean, industry-wide, you know, there's going to be less cars on the road. Hopefully they'll they'll it'll be made up by more miles. So if is that going to be you know autonomous taxis? I don't know, but clearly we need less parking spaces, and we're going to need more cars that can go more miles. So we'll see where that ends up. But the fact of the matter is, we're still missing this idea that these left brain, highly skilled technicians who have all the respect in the world, they've got to find some way, somebody up front that can convert these calls for people to come in the door so that we have a much more, more, let's then, much more impactful then we conversation. Need to not, then we need to not have started this with the conversation. Well, this lady kind of bothered me with her post by saying, Oh, we waive all diagnostic fees. That might be her way to get, convert them calls, right? We don't, we don't know. I never got to see the post. I don't know the post. We can't I, I guarantee you she's just giving it away. I, we, we don't know. So let's just assume it's a bill ploy, right? That's her wording because that helps in her area, right? So what we should have done on this podcast then was to discuss different ways to lock in that call and say, well, we're not going to tell them we charge for diagnostics and we're going to roll it in a bill because that's really what we've done. It's an inappropriate conversation at the phone. And that's maybe what that is. It's a parallel conversation. The, it, it is completely inappropriate to have that conversation at that level on the phone, in my opinion. What? And I could be wrong. What? I could be wrong. See? And this is what, what I'm on, saying. Hold on, hold on, we hold are on. talking about five different things. <laughs> what? I think he just threw down his shot glass. There you go. There you go. Boom. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. This was you? a bad week for me to give up sniffing glue. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I am willing to go on a ledge and say, here's the problem with most of our shops in our industry. They're trying to wave, hide, disguise. 
distract for the customer from paying from a diagnostics. I'm saying if we're upfront, we're honest about it. That shop that can't afford that diagnostic tool, they could afford it if they'd realize they could charge for it. The problem is you guys are saying what you're saying. 90% of shops are mishearing it as, oh, they never charge for diagnostics. Oh, they just roll it in the repair bill. And then they forget that step. They well, miss it. They're missing yeah. that income. Therefore, they can't afford the ATEX like me to work for them. They can't afford the equipment. They don't know what they're doing. They can't afford the proper service writer. So now we're at this conundrum of how do you make any money if you don't charge for diagnostics? And I'm going, just charge for the freaking diagnostics. The problem is, is they can't charge for the diagnostics because the customer doesn't believe Was that they're getting- Was trained by you to not pay for it. Okay, that's and and you're perfectly you're perfectly uh, 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 you're you're perfectly capable of having that opinion, and I'm okay with it. The industry, by the way, the industry will eventually figure out that maybe it can live with two different uh, marketing business models, whatever you want to call it, conversion models. All I know, all I know for all for all of my forty years, I've worked retail, and I know people as good as anybody in industry. And and all I know is, is if we if we as long as we're having a conversation that eventually leads to them visiting the place of business that I breathe life into, um, that I've dedicated my my vocation to. Once they understand that, all of this other crap is gone. It's nonsense. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. It just means that we're we're talking. The customer's language and what we need to do at that point in time is just invite them in so that they can see that that this conversation that they're having about price is not only inaccurate, irrelevant, and, and it's a moot point, but in the end, what we we are we are headed in the same direction. They're paying good money for good service. And they're gonna and what the way they'll recognize that is if they ever do decide to charge somebody to go to somebody that doesn't do business the way they are. Is it my fault that I've got a, I don't know, 97% uh, uh, satisfaction index and somebody who who has a, a less satisfactory index, but they're, they're tied but to their principles? I mean, principle- You're one in a trillion with your ability to analyze people and sell things. And let's face it, most no, no, technical no, no, no. people- on. I don't think that's true. Oh, I don't yeah. think that's true. I you don't talk to enough have... shop owners. Well, I get that's the problem, though. That's the problem where Bill Most is taking the owners... approach. No, hold on now. Bill is taking the approach that I've got to have this skill because I've got to talk these people over the threshold. I've got to make sure that I understand them at their level and that they walk in the door. They're not going to walk out of here with a you know $250 bill on average. They're going to walk out of here with a $60 bill, $600 bill on average, and I'm going to make sure that I'm profitable on every single one of those. But he just needs to make sure that he gets them over the, the threshold. Because the end justifies the means. Hold right. on, hold on, hold on. He's supremely confident in the value that he brings to the table. And that's the problem with the shop owners that you're talking to, Matt. They're not comfortable with what they bring to the table. They don't. They, they don't know what to do. So they're just telling them whatever the hell they need to tell them to get them in the door, including I'm going to give away diagnostics. Because I guarantee you that lady that put that or the guy who, who put that post up on Facebook, I guarantee you that they're not running a $600 ARO. And I guarantee you they're not seeing a 60% GP on that ticket. I guarantee you they're probably running half that. And the one of the reasons 
that they're running half that is because they don't have an hour or two hours of diag time on that ticket like they should. You only can learn so much and you can only spend so much time learning, right? So here's the problem. If we're talking to the average shop, which is probably small, I'm going to say maybe two techs and an owner, he doesn't have the time to spend like Bill does, spending hundreds of hours a week to learn every single oh, little that's, psychology that's thing that's in Come there. On. No, that's BS. So, then what is he doing in business? Yeah. What's the yeah. point then? Yeah. But here's the problem. Like, go you, work you, for somebody if you don't want to be bothered to learn no. how to do things properly. Oh, no, no, come no, 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 on, no. David. Don't be absurd. Get out of here. What the hell's the no, matter with you? That's not what I here. said. That's not – absolutely not, Dutch. That is BS. If you're telling me that the guy isn't shouldn't be bothered to take the time to learn how to run his business properly – I never said he couldn't. I said he runs out of time, right? So, so he's the owner. No, no, no. He's you also the time. lead tech. You make the time that you want. Yeah. You, you make the time. You put your time into whatever you deem important. Because I guarantee you, the Netflix is going in the background. I guarantee you that he's spending his time on Facebook. I guarantee you, there's time. There's no. There's absolutely no reason for you to say that there's no time for that shop owner. One shop owner with two flipping techs who's probably doing thirty thousand a month, but the average CEO bangs up fifty books a year. Get out of yeah. here! Tell yeah, me that guy doesn't have time. That guy's got time. Oh yeah. please! And if, not, right, so you, you if, if, if he has that time, David, then he should also have the resources to be capitalized well enough so that he doesn't have to give one of his most productive or the illusion of giving one of his most productive and lucrative services away. All right. You want to make excuses. Oh, well, he's, he's, he absolutely has the time. Well, if he absolutely has the time, then he absolutely had that time when he was working for somebody to learn how to budget and save his money and make wise investments, right? Because he has the time, David. He's got the time to do it. Yeah, he's in your time, ear. In know. your ear, Palamine. That ain't the way life works, all right? You all right. could say know, that's on, the on. way it works, that guy, but that's not the way it works. Here, what it comes down to is this. didn't want to take the time. The guy didn't want to take the time. Look, I have a, uh, I have a tech who's working at a, uh, one of the, the fancy uh, European shop, um, uh, dealerships up the street from me. He reached out to Lucas. Lucas sent him to me because he lives in this area. And he's like, hey, I want to open a shop. And so I started banging him. Question, 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 question. How much money do you have saved up? You got to have six months. What is your rent going to look like? I started hitting him with a thousand questions. Nothing deterred him. Nothing. He didn't, he didn't have enough money. He doesn't have enough clientele. He doesn't have a, a proper business structure. I mean, he's got nothing. All he knows is I want to keep in my pocket all the money that the, sh that the customer's paying. Because that's what he thinks. Because he's a moron. And I told him, and I broke it. Well, I get it. He's a moron. He doesn't know. And I, I broke it down to him. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not how that works. Let me go ahead and break it down. The average shop owner, it's what, 5 to 7% Correct. on every ticket? You're keeping 20% of the ticket now, about 20% of the ticket now. Why on earth would you want to trade that away for 5 to 7%? That doesn't make any sense. And he's like, yeah, but this, that, and the other. It didn't matter what I told him. I gave him the empirical facts. He did. He rejected them and decided, no, I can do this on my own. I'm going to be successful. Yeah. And, and so in, It's in, not about in, time. In, that yeah. guy. But it, let's face it, right? I mean, 40 years ago, and, and, and I... I, again, I'm going to sound like a jerk, but it's okay. Bill can take it. 40 years ago when Bill opened his shop, right, we had points condensers. 
cars were kind of relatively the same. Now I got this 2020 car in here that's got 360 round view camera. It's got 16 radars in the freaking bumper and between parking sensors. It comes in and the customer asks me a question. That tech's got 2,000 pages of information to read to figure out a repair and what all is required for calibration afterwards. If it's a startup shop, one shop owner who's probably a service writer and the lead tech, he's got two B techs, you run out of time before you're going to start studying psychology just in keeping up with cars alone. That guy shouldn't have bothered with that car. So, Matt, okay, so, Matt, let me give you an an analogy for that. So a car comes in, and you've got an hour labor tied into that, right? Let's say you need to go to a level three, level four diagnostics. It it could be three hours, four hours of labor. However, whatever the problem is, just pick the problem in the car. Whatever the problem is, the customer can live with it be it for the fact that they need about $1,200 worth of front-end work and maybe a couple of tires because the car is a death trap. And in case that sounds like an anomaly, what's the average age of the car? 11 and a half, 12 years and going up? What's the mileage on an average car? What, 120,000 miles and going up? So to me, again, the practical sense of this is I don't have to give up that hour labor. But if the customer says, well, this is what I have to work with, can you do dollars $1,400 worth of work on my car and somehow work with me on this diagnostics because I just don't have respect for this? Then we're going to have a conversation about the fact that that hour is every bit worth it. But the, the, it isn't that we're waving it goodbye for zero because it wasn't worth anything. It's because we're giving them a discount of $120, $130 in diagnostic charges so that they understand that this isn't just being waved with a magic wand. You know, but you're one in a trillion shops that will sit there and have that conversation. Everybody else just wipes it off and trains I'm will- the customer. Because I'm willing to. The, the other nine or eight or seven just say, no, we can't do that. And the so, customer so says, again, well, I can't afford to do it then. Then I got to go away. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast along with the work of ASOG, just go to our website, asog.site, and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a Patron gets you several perks, including the podcast early and is entirely tax deductible. That's because ASOC is a 501c3 educational charity. Once again, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. It really helps us out. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and hitting that like button. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you have any topic suggestions, please reach out to me via email. My email address is, as always, david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.